Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking Tigers football with Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he'll donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. I love that James Carlton, Jackson. He's the best. He's my insurance agent, man. He's the best. Uh, Yeah, you're right. The YouTube is active. Uh, 101 ESPN YouTube channel. That's presented to you by the Airlines Team Studio Cameras. McLovin's in there. A pastry chef named Mesfin. Let's see. uh, Atala Alia Tim? Nice. I'm glad that McLovin's in there. Yeah. Brian Lamar. Brandon Watson. Tommy Summers. Uh, Jeff, do you say close or Kloss? I think we decided on Kloss. Miles Berger. Oh, I know. Callus Coitus. Yeah, that's always tough. Uh, oh, and then Dotum just popped up. And he just asked, well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who's running things? Tiny PP. Tiny PP runs things in St. Louis. You know who runs things in Columbia? The Colonel. Most days, but not tomorrow. Tomorrow's your day. That's right. Jackson's going to homecoming. Morning, Colonel. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. You sound like the chipper chicken. I'm good. Yeah, it's a nice day. Nothing to do, you know, except this fine radio program. So, you know, I'm <laughs> shut it down after this. January. <laughs> Why don't you go out and ball strike? See if you can hit the ball right to left today. I gave that up a while ago. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, Colonel, uh, I, I, there, I got so much go- to ask you, but I want to start here because otherwise I have a feeling I may forget. You know, I'm a big PowerMizzou.com guy, loyal subscriber, got hit with the bill about three weeks ago for the annual, thought I might get comped, nothing doing, maybe we'll hope for next year. This is me passive-aggressively asking yeah, for it. We can we can work on that. Yes! Yeah. Take that, Jackson. Um, but I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, we, we're the only thing in America that hasn't raised our prices since 2001. But oh, is that right? Yeah, what's going on? You, I mean, I you need to talk to the guy in charge. I just know we haven't. I don't. I don't know what else. Uh, I'm know. a loyal subscriber. All right, there you go. Loyal subscribers here on this program. Uh, but I thought the story that you have coming up on Desiree Reed Francois. Uh, and I realize if you if you're a casual fan of Missouri or a casual observer of college football, you're like, why are we talking about the athletic director? I might not even know that name. Now, of course, Missouri fans know that name, and uh, and you're going to be writing about her. But uh, something that really got the, the the readers on PowerMizzou.com going yesterday was the quote that she uh, ended her conversation with you. And I'd be paraphrasing it here, and I don't want to destroy the story, but she talked about the decision she had to whether or not to pursue the job in Columbia a few years ago and how her son was uh, involved in the basketball program as a walk-on. And she said, she, you know, people have to understand, it, it is a professional decision 
to come here, but I, it's also personal, and she considers this opportunity special. And I think this the current feeling surrounding Missouri athletics, both basketball and football, but just as a whole, a lot of people are attributing it to the work that she's done at a really grassroots level, in addition to the donors and working with the coaches uh, on NIL. What is it that in you covering the program that you see that she has done differently that has made her work have the kind of results it has so far? Yeah, I mean, it's a couple things. She came in and, and immediately kind of addressed all the things that fans have complained about um, at, at football or basketball games. And there are things that look up in my ivory tower in the press box I don't really pay any attention to. I haven't been to a game at Pro Field as a fan since, uh, since I think, 1994. So, you know, I, I don't know about a lot of these things, but it was the – cover up the track or get rid of the track. Um, the concessions need to be faster. The, you know, some of the things that the games need to work better. The seats at Mizzou Arena are a color that looks bad on TV. All these things that, you know, I don't know. They don't matter to me, but obviously they do matter to fans. And she's done, she said she does about 10,000. They send out about 10,000 surveys after every uh, athletic event and get feedback football games. I'm sure it's not that many in other sports, but get feedback about what's important to fans, what they want to change. She has addressed the vast majority of those things. And what I've thought about Desiree really since the day she took the job, people in that position and people in my position tend to have a very transactional relationship, right? Hey, here's a microphone. Can you say some things? What can you do for me? What can I do for you? Whatever. I, and not that, like, I got along with Mike Alden. I liked Mac Rhodes, you know, got along fine with Jim Sterk. But she is just a little bit more human than a lot of people in that position are. She comes by press row before every game, and she asks about your family and your kids. And, she, you know, there have been some stories on our message board uh, where she has gone out of her way to interact with, with our subscribers' kids at events, things like that. She came by. She and her husband came by our tailgate um, before the first game of the year, and shook hands and met a lot of people and whether that's a you know if you're not winning nobody cares about that stuff right great she's a nice person nobody cares win games but when you are winning uh you know you can you can kind of tie that I, i think she's genuine you know and and i know that doesn't matter to some people but i think it does matter to a lot of people and i think it's made a big difference with missouri fans and then look she's gone out she hired a hell of a basketball coach the football coach that she was here uh, that was here when she took the job is is now winning and recruiting at levels we've never seen. So I, I mean, to be honest, I started our interview yesterday. I said this is going to be the easiest interview you've ever done because it, it's all positive. I'm, I'm not here to ask about what's going wrong. And and that's the thing that that I, that I think the the genuine leadership skills translates to a staff. And yes, you're exactly right from a fan standpoint. Hey, win. I don't, you're kind, that's wonderful, but to a staff, and then if it sets a tone for a culture in a building, especially one that may have been struggling, uh, then then you can have some momentum, and that's certainly what the program has, uh, and, and then I'm going to I'm gonna work backwards here. We're going inverted pyramid, uh, Jackson. Uh, let's go uh, to... Wow, that's, a, that's a big J term there. Huh? Yeah, and I didn't even graduate, as you know, but uh, I know <laughs> about the inverted pyramid. I, I, I'll be honest, I don't really know what it means, but <laughs> I, I just, I just 
let's let's talk about what's going on. We had uh, you, you know Larry Thornton. He used to produce at KSDK. He's a TMA listener, uh, and he texted in something that you had written about a couple weeks ago as uh, your understanding with regards to what's going on in the football recruiting front. Uh, and you said Ryan Wingo and McClellan, when they were hanging out with Winery at the LSU game, that your understanding is that contrary to what logic may dictate, that if you have Burden, McClellan, and Wingo, in addition to others, all on one wide receiving core, that maybe that might not be enough uh, touches for take your pick of whichever individual, and so they might not be as inclined to go to Columbia if one went. Whereas your reporting is, if one goes there, it increases the chances that McClellan would decommit from Ohio State. And he was saying that his understanding is uh, McClellan is going to decommit should Wingo uh, indeed commit this coming Wednesday to Missouri. This is something you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Missouri fans love your recruiting reports, especially when it is good news. What right can now, you tell us? Yeah. yeah, right now you couldn't be more popular. Yeah, um, no, I think... You know, I, I've heard for a couple of months now that Jeremiah and Ryan have talked about going to Missouri together um, and, and playing on the same team. They're friends. You, you guys know how, how these relationships in St. Louis work. All these kids have, have played together for, you know, Mookie Cooper and Luther Burden have known each other since they were like five, six years old playing JFL ball and stuff like that. So a lot of these kids know each other, um, and it, it's something that, that they've definitely talked about now. I would stop short of saying it's going to happen simply because I've followed recruiting long enough to know that nothing happens until it actually happens. I, I feel pretty confident, despite what he's saying publicly, that Ryan Wingo knows where he's going to school. I feel pretty confident Jeremiah McClellan knows where Ryan Wingo is going to school. Uh, McClellan is visiting Ohio State this weekend for the Ohio State-Penn State game. I don't think it's a stretch to say that will be an impressive atmosphere. Yeah. And the way programs at Ohio State's level work, it is certainly possible that McClellan goes up there and Ryan Day and Brian Hartline and that staff say, look, stop the messing around. You're either in or you're not in, and we need to know. And look, that sometimes that works on kids. Sometimes they say, yeah, I'm in, and they shut it down, and he could certainly still end up at Ohio State. But I, I think there is probably an equal chance that he comes back off that visit, and at some point between now and December 20th, and some people tend to believe it sooner rather than later ends up uh, switching to Missouri. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Jackson, you were uh, talking about uh, acquaintance and yeah, what's going on Jane there. Uh, Jaden Quaintance, he's uh, what, going to Kentucky this weekend, Colonel? It is actually now next weekend. He was going to go week. this weekend. It's pushed back to next weekend. Um, that He's a five-star player in basketball. We have him as the number 11 player in the country. Um our understanding, it is most likely Missouri, Kentucky, or the G League Ignite, which is the, you know, kind of the developmental arm of the NBA's G League. Um, he has to go somewhere for two years. He just turned 16 and I don't know, it was June or July. So he's not NBA draft eligible uh, until he spends two years somewhere. Uh, we believe those are the three contenders. We have had some people that we trust tell us that they think he is leaning toward Missouri. But again, you know, it has to happen. Um, you know, two weeks ago, Ryan Wingo was leaning toward Texas, right. according to everything we'd heard. So things happen, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But that's kind of right now, Dennis Gates has the number one class in the country. I don't know if it can stay there because Duke and Kentucky are in on some of the top uncommitted kids, including the number one player in the country that haven't committed yet. But 
if they get acquaintance, I'm very confident it's one of the top three classes in the country and possibly number one. And he would be the last player, right? If they were to sign him, that'd be the last true freshman? High school-wise, and and even if they don't sign him, I don't think they sign another high school player. I think they they save any spots they end up with for the portal. Right. Gabe Yarman with us here on 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan Aston Burkhardt, alternate Toyota. You can watch on YouTube as uh, many uh, are uh, interacting in our chat, and you can do so as well, or text in 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line, Gabe, brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at carltoninsurance.net, and you can read them at powermazoo.com. It is a well-worth-it subscription. Uh, Colonel, let's get to the homecoming festivities at 2.30 tomorrow. I am of the opinion that if Missouri can indeed win this game, it is likely that by the time they go between the hedges on November 4th, that they are a top 15 team because they will be off next week and there will just be some attrition in front of them and they will just ascend uh, during the bye week. Uh, Assuming Georgia beats Florida in Jacksonville, that would set up what CBS could hype as the SEC East showdown. Now, certainly around the country, few would give Missouri a chance. The reason I bring this up is you already have incredible positive momentum for the program, the athletic department, the basketball program with the recruiting news, where the football team is, that if you could just get this win tomorrow, it gives you essentially two more weeks of positive PR, especially with what could come into play with some off-field slash recruiting news that could go on between the South Carolina game and the Georgia game. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I mean, that's all 100% correct. They are setting up for November 5th to be the game they all came here to play, right? The biggest game of anybody's life in that program. But for that to happen, they have to win Saturday. And I always go back to what Gary Pinkle always said in, you know, 07, 2010, 13, when they were, were making these runs. Every game gets bigger as long as you keep winning. But you have to win. You know, if Missouri loses to South Carolina tomorrow, yeah, the Georgia game's big. I mean, they could still maybe get back in the East race by winning that and, and, and some things. But it's not – some things fall off the table if you lose that South Carolina game. So, you know, Missouri's a better team, I, I think. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of doubt. If they go play well, they should win. But this is not a, a game that, that's like it, – it's you can't draw up a scenario where South Carolina wins it. So Missouri's going to have to come out and, and, and give a representative effort. And I think play probably an A or a B game. And the, and the thing about South Carolina, you know, the, the spread, the spread, my, my place where I enjoy wagering uh, has moved it up to nine. I've seen it as low at one point during this week as six. Jackson, you were seeing seven and a half this seven morning. And a half, yeah. The thing about South Carolina is if you just glance at them, you go, oh, they're two and four. But they lost to North Carolina, who I think could be live to win the ACC and kind of flying under the radar because of Florida State, and they're just not a brand name. They lost to Georgia, where they were leading 14 to three at the half. They lost in Knoxville, where that Tennessee offense actually got things going, which may be representative of the South Carolina defense, and scored 41 points to beat them. And then they had the disastrous loss last week after they blew it with 10-point lead late against Florida, and Shane Beamer kicked something to break his foot. Point being, they haven't they haven't lost a butt out. I mean, they've lost to some legitimate teams. Right. Their record uh, indicates they've been, you know, up against some some really tough opposition. The question with South Carolina really surrounds their 
their ability to stop uh, offenses, and uh, Missouri's passing game in particular could be the challenge. So how do you see this matchup? Well, I think this is the second straight week that Missouri kind of faces a team that they really only have one way to beat you. Kentucky had to run the defense. South Carolina has to throw the heck out of the ball and win a shootout. I I don't see any other way. It happens. Um, I look at Missouri, and while I don't see a lot of things that I say they're exceptional, like I think they probably have the best receiver in the SEC, or one of the two best receivers in the SEC and in the country, but outside of that, like I don't think they have the best passing game, the best running game, the best defense, but they're solid at everything. Right. South Carolina right now has Spencer Rattler to Xavier Leggett and really not much else. Their offensive line gave up nine sacks to North Carolina. I think they give up like four a game. Uh, they can't run the ball very well, and they don't play very good defense. But, you know, there is a scenario where Rattler comes in and throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and, and Missouri's in a fight at the end. Um, so, again, I think if Missouri plays a, a solid game, I, I think they should win, but, you know, they, they can get beat. Uh, and I've got two games in the SEC that I have circled, uh, certainly Tennessee and Roll Todd won. And then I'm, I, I have officially notified Lane Kiffin that he is on upset alert. Uh, he has not texted oh, no. me back yet. Oh, no. Yeah, he's on upset alert, uh, given six points no. on the planes tomorrow night. Don't see that at all. Auburn's offense is terrible. No, well, then let's Venmo up. for rolls. How much you want to roll for? Uh, Next year's subscription? I, I, no, I don't, I don't do that. The last game I gambled on, Ron Dane played in college. So oh, that's oh wow. Thing. Guess you weren't uh, one of my customers. Yeah, but uh, no, I actually, I kind of like Tennessee, and I probably shouldn't because they're not very good on the road, and Alabama just keeps kind of winning very unimpressively. But I, I kind of like uh, Josh Heupel tomorrow. Wow. You think Tennessee goes into Tuscaloosa? When Nick Saban's looking for vengeance shot. after last year and takes care of business? I think they got a shot. Yeah. Wow. So you're putting Nick I, Saban I, on I upset alert? I'm putting Lane Kiffin on upset alert. I, I think the winning team in that game might not score 20 points. The under is probably a nice play. I would I would agree with that. 47 and a half is a total. And 45 and a half for Ohio State and Penn State. And 32 and a half for Iowa and Minnesota. Incre- I mean... And Minnesota is not going to score eight. So. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Take it from there. Uh, for the record, Tennessee would have Kentucky and UConn. That's not a basketball schedule. They would have Kentucky and UConn before they would come to Columbia if if they would get past Alabama. But they have to go to Lexington to play uh, Kentucky for the record. Well, in the East, I mean, there's a lot to decide because people will build Missouri-Georgia as like the East title game if Missouri and But there's still more work to do if that were to happen. Georgia plays Florida tomorrow. Neither one of them played Tennessee yet. You know, those teams, the only game that's been played between those teams is Florida-Tennessee, and Florida won it. So there's a lot to be determined over the last five weeks of the year. Yeah, Georgia still would have, uh, of course, Missouri, but also Ole Miss and Tennessee. And Missouri, even if they were to pull off the miracle between the hedges, would have Tennessee and Florida and Arkansas all left. Gabe DeArmond, you can read him at powermazoo.com. He's brought to you every Friday here on Balloon Party by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Uh, Gabe, a lot of people in the YouTube chat want me to ask about it. I I wouldn't, but they want me to. Uh, Your thoughts on the, uh, what do you call them, the outfits? Yeah, um, they're for the, I don't know how many games Missouri has played in its history, but, uh, you know, for the thousand straight game or whatever, Missouri will wear clothes. Uh, <laughs> the game, 
that big and for the 33rd year in a row that the game is going to be televised and you can also figure out where that's at. There it is. Gabe uh, always likes to break down the uniforms and they will wear clothes tomorrow. So that is a 101 ESPN exclusive. Colonel, thank you so much. Enjoy the festivities tomorrow. All right, guys. Have a good one. There he is. The great Gabriel P.D. Armand. He is a colonel. <laughs> he hates the uniform talk. <laughs> They're going to be wearing clothes. <laughs> but he has confirmed it, so that's an exclusive. Uh, your thoughts are always welcome. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line, the YouTube chat. I would describe it as hot. I would describe it as naughty, especially now that Brian Lamar and Tom Summers are talking with Clayton Davis and Tiny PP and Jackson Sports Management Professor. Good dude. How about that? So he's in there. Uh I mean, I feel like the show has already reached a crescendo, but alas, we haven't even touched the Angry Beaver six-shooter. Pew, 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 pew. That's coming your way in the second half of Balloon Party, driven by Mungan, Aston Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube.